Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The Thunder have one preseason exhibition under its belt, and Nick and I have you covered on everything you need to know from the squad's first outing of the new season, including the team's biggest takeaways of the night. Plus, stick around to hear about the new floor in Chesapeake Energy Arena. Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've had quite a weekend here in the Thunder Basketball Universe. We're recording this on Monday, December 14th, which means Saturday was the Thunder's first preseason exhibition of the new season. And Sunday, we woke up here in Oklahoma City to the first snow of the year. It's starting to look a little bit like Christmas mid-December. And so we yeah. were kind of lucky to kind of hang out here Sunday to snow all over the ground. <laughs> yeah, at a couple of inches dropped down. That's always magical when that happens, particularly in December around the holidays. Everybody gets all excited about that. And for it to be Sunday too, it was great. I think people were able to, you know, be with their families. I know my social media timelines were full of kids, you know, making snow angels and snowmen and all sorts of stuff. And for me as a new dad, uh, it was really cool to go for a walk with my wife, Maddie and our two month old daughter, Camelia, uh, and of course our, our pup, Heidi. So um, that was great. It was nice to see a little winter wonderland. Camellia's first snow. You got to put that yeah. down in the, the scrapbook. No doubt about it. I will say though, it, it, we've come to an age of time now where when I woke up on Sunday morning, the first thing I did was grab my phone. And so when I first learned about the snowstorm, it was on Twitter, seeing one of our coworkers post about his backyard being covered in snow before I realized that, oh my gosh, it's snowing here. It wasn't <laughs> looking out the window that I recognized that there was actually snow on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. The times. <laughs> and you know, when you're a kid, snow, it's like the best thing ever. Oh my gosh, it's snow day. And then when you're an adult, sometimes you're like, oh man, this is okay. Well, this means this is closed and we can't go here right. now. And now we're like, there's some inconveniences to it. But at the same yes. time, I think when you have a kid, those all go out the door because it's like, great, we can just sit and hang at home. Yep. Suddenly you're concerned with the logistics of life when there's snow on the ground as an adult. (laughs) While it was freezing cold outside here in Oklahoma City, it was red hot in San Antonio where the Thunder was playing in the AT&T Center in their first exhibition game of the preseason. And they won that game 121 to 108 and had a really, really good showing for their very first preseason game of training camp. Yeah, incredible the fact that these guys were out on the floor really for the first time together and and they played wonderful. Even more so though, Paris, it was just a blessing to see these guys out on an NBA court in an NBA arena, not the bubble down in Orlando. The fact that the organizations, the teams have been able to get to a point where they could have these games safely, even though there's no fans, just a chance to to get these teams back into a rhythm so we can get the 72 game season started. And that's why this game is so important for a multitude of reasons. One, you get the chance to see what is stuck with your squad over these weeks of training camp, but also to start to get back into a little bit of a rhythm of what it's like to play in an NBA game setting. Coach Dagnall was telling us before the game that, you know, he really wanted his squad to be able to get back into what it feels like to be on the road for a game. So they had their breakfast film session like they normally would, even though they weren't necessarily scouting like they would for a normal road game it was still just getting kind of back into that rhythm of being in a game schedule. 
Yeah, I mean, just like we had our production meeting, Paris, for our Thunder <laughs> live stream. It wasn't a full-on Fox Sports Oklahoma broadcast, but, you know, it was, a, it was a live stream on the Thunder app and the Thunder website. We had Chris Fisher and Michael Cage. They were at their desk across the way. You and I, we were in our tag team position there at the scorer's table at Chesapeake Energy Arena. Could not be down in San Antonio, unfortunately, but we were there in spirit. And we kind of were going through our same motions, too, just like the team. And Gallo, I'd say we did pretty good for our first broadcast of the season, even though it wasn't a full Fox Sports Oklahoma broadcast. Getting back into that rhythm, I think me, you, Chris, Mike, we all did a pretty good job. And all of our back-end people too, our producer Steve Melton, director Eric Date, all the tech crew getting that figured out, getting inside Chesapeake Energy Arena in a safe way again to make sure that we had everything that we needed at our disposal. It was certainly no small undertaking to make sure that all of this was able to get up and running. And the same goes for everybody that's working behind the scenes to make basketball happen in general. There is a lot of work being done on that end. And we have to give credit to also the team for showing up for their very first game of the season. And one thing that Coach Dagnall said coming into this game was, the big word was carryover. He wanted to see what his squad was going to be able to take from their two weeks of practice and training camp and carry over into an actual game setting. And there were several things that were really on display during this first game that he really was pleased with. And the first was balance. And I think this is kind of twofold, Gallo. And the first area I think he's speaking to is the scoring balance. The Thunder had seven players in double figures in this game, one of which we'll get to a little bit later is the leading scorer, Teo Maladon, the rookie from France. But also you have a guy like Mike Mascala with 18 points. The most impressive aspect of that was perfect from the field. He went four for four from behind the arc. Yeah, five for five overall, 18 points that he dropped in. Really kind of helped set an offensive tone for the Thunder. Just stretching the floor. That's what he does at that power forward center position. Cool thing about it was Mark Dagnalt said before the game, he started Mike Muscala and Isaiah Roby together. Roby is a guy that hardly saw any minutes last year. He, he was a rookie, had some injuries, but pretty interesting athlete, skilled guy, uh, about 6'10". And he played those guys together. They both hit three-pointers. In fact, mm-hmm. they, they went six for six from three combined at the center and power forward positions. Just kind of an example of this new wave of what the NBA looks like is the fact that you're having those guys at that size make plays. And in fact, two of Muscala's threes, came on passes from Roby. That's a pretty cool stat right there. And I think this kind of leads into the second half of this balance that I think Coach Dagnall was pleased with was the balance spacing and the balance where everybody was positioned on the floor. It was really conducive for guys to be able to create for one another and generate these high quality looks on the floor, which kind of explains where we got this balance scoring on Saturday. Yeah. And Coach Dagnall said balance is hard to take away. You can't scheme against balance you have to play straight up when all five players on the floor are a threat to drive pass score shoot all of those things and so that's exactly what we saw from this thunder squad i mean it seven guys in double figures and you know nobody took more than 14 shots in the game obviously a lot of the minutes were spread uh none of the veterans the key returning guys played more than 20 minutes or so hamadou diallo and and teo maladon two youngsters played up above 25 but Really, if you compare that to what the Spurs rolled out there with their main eight guys all playing over 20 minutes at least, that shows you that this Thunder squad who was playing without Al Horford, without Darius Baisley, without Lou Dort, they came in and and they 
really took care of business in a pretty impressive way, especially the way that they were able to ramp things up defensively after that first quarter. That's right. And that's another aspect I really wanted to get into is that when you come into preseason games, you never really know what you're going to get, whether it's from your squad or what you're going to face from your opponent. And this team was faced with a couple of ups and downs that it was really good to see how they would react to it and how they would handle it. One of which was they built up a 20 point lead in that third quarter over San Antonio. And that lead was dwindled all the way back to two in the fourth quarter. So you were faced with two different situations that you'll face throughout the season. One is a large margin and one is a very, very short lead in the critical time in the game. And one thing that Coach Dagnut was really pleased with after the game was that his team stayed pretty even keeled throughout all of that. It's easy to drift back or kind of slack off when you have such a built-up lead and a big cushion like 20 points in a game. But you also have to have that same intensity and that same focus and discipline going into the fourth quarter where you're only leading by one bucket. And so it was really good for him to see that his team can stay even killed, stay disciplined and stay focused throughout the ebbs and flows that you're going to get throughout a normal season. Yeah. And the Thunder was able to stay ahead and maintain that lead by relying on that balance, that ball movement, a couple really great plays by some of the rookies we'll talk about later, but the fact that they were getting downhill, attacking the rim, creating kickouts, creating pressure at the rim, getting fouled, all of those things that are basic core tenets of how mm-hmm. you are efficient on the offensive end and, and pushing the pace, pushing the tempo. That's something that Mark Dagnall talked about from the very beginning when he was first hired is this league now is about pace and space. That's right. And you, you transitioned into it perfectly, but getting out in transition, getting those rebounds and getting up the floor. One thing that I really noticed a lot during this game was that when a guy got the rebound on the defensive end, there was somebody already sprinting up the floor, ready to receive an outlet pass, ready to push the ball up ahead and try to get ahead of that defense. And so I thought that was a really good opportunity for the Thunder to test that aspect of where their team stands. Who's going to be the person that's going to be out ahead of the pack and Coach Dagnall said afterwards, that's a really selfless act, and it's also really hard to guard. It's something that Darius Baisley did tremendously last year, which was just sprint the floor, sprint the floor, Mm -hmm. get to the corner. You're opening up those driving paths. You're stretching out the defense. You're forcing the defense to make decisions. And a a defense that works really well is one that's not having to make a lot of decisions, that's instinctual, that's there in the right place because it's comfortable. That's where you're supposed to be. One that's having to make choices on the fly that's, that's a defense that's in trouble. And I think when you get out into space, when you get into position the way that the Thunder did, when you've got the young legs like mm-hmm. Hamadou Diallo and you got SGA, mm-hmm. Isaiah Roby sprinting the floor, especially against the veteran Spurs squad, uh, Thunder was able to, to get out and push the tempo and, and put San Antonio into some tough spots. I was about to say, I mean, they might not have done a ton of scouting, but it really did work against the Spurs team. You, you were able to speed them up really quickly and get them out into open space and utilize those young legs and those young lungs and get out and kind of run the floor a lot. So that worked out really to the Thunder's favor in that regard. One player in particular, we mentioned him earlier, who actually had a really, really good showing in this area of pushing the ball up the floor and getting that offense running as a guard was rookie Teo Maladon, who had a pretty impressive showing for his first time in a Thunder uniform. 20 points, showed a lot of composure and a lot of poise in his first outing as a Thunder player. 
Yeah, just as a reminder, the Thunder acquired Teo Maladon at the 34th pick in the draft in a trade with the Philadelphia 76ers uh, that brought in Al Horford. Maladon earned some praise from Mike Muscala. He just said that he was really impressed with his tempo, his footwork, his poise. And Paris, you mentioned, I mean, for being 19 years old, very impressive the way that he was able to slither into the lane, find his creases finished on a lefty scooping layup around LaMarcus Aldridge. That was really, really impressive. Just didn't seem sped up or rushed. Uh, Was able to get downhill, get to his spots, had a nice little floater. Went 7 of 14, knocked down a couple of threes as well, got to the free throw line four times in 29 minutes. Two of those free throws, Paris, were at a critical juncture. In fact, Mm -hmm. they came when the Thunder was up by only two in the fourth quarter, helped get that lead spaced out to two possessions. Really good first showing from Teo in his first outing as a Thunder player. But one thing that I think really speaks a lot to where his mentality is this early on in this in his career is what he said after the game. And that was that it was just really a blessing for him to be able to be back out on the floor. You have to remember, it's been quite some time, a really long time since Teo has actually been able to play in a five-on-five setting. And so this was really just nice for him to get his legs under him and experience this for the first time and he just kept calling it a blessing that he was able to get out and compete with his team and I think the same is true for Alexei Pokashevsky yeah for sure and and just as a reminder this is Teo Maladon's first time on the floor it's the first time an NBA team is seeing what this guy really looks like in this setting the scouting on some of these players particularly international ones over this past nine months has been minimal and so as teams start to see some of these thunder rookies just know they're (laughs) the the thunder is taking every single one of these experiences with a grain of salt an extremely good one like this one that teo had and any rough ones that he has coming up this is still very very early on in his developmental process as teams start to get scouts start to get film on him things will be different for him He, he will be more challenged in some of these areas but you got to feel good if you're a Thunder fan about a guy going out there and just playing with confidence, presenting as a young professional, having those professional habits and playing within himself and playing composed. And I think that's a, a perfect way to, to kind of transition into a guy like Alexei Pokashevsky, who is even more raw than a, a guy like Teo Maladon. At 18 years old, he's been playing in Greece in one of the lower leagues, not necessarily at, at kind of the higher levels like Teo has been in France. And so... I think that we saw exactly some of those swings that we're going to see with every one of these Thunder young players. We saw them even more dramatically with Poku. He had some some rough plays. He had some turnovers. He had some instances where, you know, maybe he didn't close out quite the right way on, on a on a shooter on the perimeter. And then in the fourth quarter, he knocks down back-to-back three-pointers with the, in a single-digit game and pushes the lead back out to double digits and helps the Thunder secure that win. Yeah, Gallo, I think he showed why he was such an intriguing player in this draft. He had 14 points, and at his size, you have to remember, he's seven feet tall, and we saw him in a lot of different positions on the floor. We saw him on the perimeter a lot, and Coach Dagnalt said during training camp, they're kind of prioritizing how they're going to utilize him since he can do so many different things. Right now, they're putting him on perimeter players on the defensive end, so that's where we really saw him in this game against San Antonio, and like you mentioned, he was really getting his legs under him and showing what his size and length can do as far as disruption on the perimeter, but also what he's able to do on the offensive end when it comes to knocking down three-pointers and getting in the mix, handling the ball bringing the ball up the floor really intriguing and and kind of a positionless player in that regard 
Yeah, I mean, the, the three-pointer he hit where he's curling around to the top of the key at his size, that's impressive and pretty rare for a guy to be able to do something like that. But I think the thing that the Thunder probably wanted to see the most was his commitment level, ability to hustle, ability to put himself into plays. He was pretty disruptive on, on a couple op, uh, opportunities defensively around the bucket, just stuck his nose in there, at least from a competitive standpoint, rebounded the ball pretty well. He had eight. And then also just seemed to have the confidence of a guy that was going to be able to go out there and just try stuff, continue to try to expand his game. Again, very raw learning how to play within the limits of kind of an NBA team concept. All of that stuff will come down the line, but you're seeing some good returns early on of, of some things that you can be encouraged by and ways to incorporate Poku into sort of how this team is going to want to play in that positionless way, as you said, Paris. You brought up a point that I really wanted to focus on for a second, and that's confidence. Both very, very young players came out and showed a lot of confidence in their first showing as a Thunder player. Both of them showed that they were willing to just get out there and do whatever was asked of them and get in the mix of a lot of different actions, not passive in any sort of way, but trying to do their best and make the right play. That's what's going to be very important, especially for these rookies coming into this season. Obviously, they weren't able to go through your normal kind of summer league and any sort of off-season activity that can kind of calibrate you for an NBA season. So maintaining that confidence through what are going to be some ups and downs during this NBA season, it's going to be really important for these guys but it was really good to see in this first showing that that confidence is there for both of them. Yeah, and a lot of that is grounded in the support system around them. So, you know, at one point, Poku airballed a three. He had a tough turnover on the sideline. Mark Dagnall puts his arm around him, gives him a little pep talk in the ear. Not sure exactly what was said, but by the end of the game, Poku was much more even-keeled, a little bit more resolved and what he was trying to do on the floor was not, you know, overextending himself. And so I think that these are things that if he's showing within a game that he can learn and that he's got the support system around him, that will be something that he can carry forward. And, and as Mark would say, we can tick forward a little bit each day. Yeah, you mix that that environment that they've created in, in that Thunder locker room and in that organization with the talent that these two bring. And I think that's a really good recipe for an exciting season for these two. It's now time for a made you look. And we want to remind you that the next time that you're going to see these two play is on Wednesday, December 16th against Chicago. And Gallo, this is actually going to be our first Fox Sports Oklahoma broadcast of the season. The last game we had on Saturday was a stream that was streaming on the Thunder app and OKCThunder.com. So it'll be nice that we're going to be back on air for everybody in Oklahoma to see. Yeah, the first of many this season. We do know that the first 37 of the regular season games are all going to be on Fox Sports Oklahoma, plus these two preseason games, the one on Wednesday and Friday against the Chicago Bulls. So we'll have the call for you there. You can also get it on the radio at WWS Sports Animal and the Thunder Radio Network. But tune in with us. I mean, you want to see Paris and I's faces, don't you? You know, you're, you just want to match a face to these voices. That's what you want to do. <laughs> but no, that's those, those games against Chicago, uh, again, more great tune-ups, more of an opportunity to help the Thunder figure out what its final roster is going to be. There's seven guys that did not get to play in San Antonio that may get an opportunity here in these couple games this week. And so more chances for the Thunder staff to evaluate 
in a process that's going to be an evaluation situation all season long as these guys continue to learn who they are and the Thunder organization gets to learn who they are as well. Not to mention, these next two games are going to be the first time that this group is going to be in Chesapeake Energy Arena playing on their home floor. So they are not going to be any fans in the arena, but this is going to be a great chance to see these guys in action in kind of a familiar setting. It is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline and what a great transition. We're about to see this team play on their home floor for the first time this season and it's going to be on a new floor. Gallo, you and I walked into the arena on Saturday and saw a little, something was different about this new court. And that's because the Thunder did design a new floor for this season. And I got to say, it looks great. The colors really pop. That blue looks fantastic on the court. Uh, you got the nice little Oklahoma City writing on the baseline, the big OKC logo right in the middle of the court. And it was a really cool process, actually. Our, our Thunder broadcast team captured how the court is all laid out and put together. So definitely go to our at OKC Thunder channels on social and then at OKCThunder.com as well. You can find that uh, video and some more photos of the brand new court. Be nice to hear some shoes squeaking on it. I will say though, it was cool to see how they put this court together for the first time. Beats any puzzle that I ever did during <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> It's nice. At least the, you know, the puzzle pieces are all the same size. That's true. Put them together. You click them in. That was real cool. I don't know if that makes it easier or harder that they're all the same like size and shape. Yeah. You know, the lines do really help. If there's those stretches where there's no, there's no lines, that's very difficult. But you know, there's all sorts of stuff that's on an NBA court. You got three point line, half court, that OKC logo stretches pretty far across. So if you mess that one up, I mean, <laughs> all right, Paris, take us away. <laughs> That's all for today's podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.